2 Peter 1. Good morning, everybody here, everybody listening in. Um, Lord, continue to love and touch those lives of people that are traveling for the holidays also. Love God's presence. Alright, 2 Peter 1. Uh, we discussed this scripture last week, uh, starting with verse 3. It says, According as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So we have some things that pertain to our life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue whereby given to us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of his divine nature that's what the goal is it says having escaped the corruption that is in this world through lust so it's, he's saying that a matter of fact he's assuming that we've escaped the corruption that lust uh, try to trap, tries to trap us in it says and beside this given all diligence add to your faith virtue so, so we understand that we have to have faith we've been given a measure of faith Romans 12 3 but we have to add to that faith virtue and to virtue knowledge virtue is not enough you need some knowledge and to knowledge temperance temperance I mean knowledge is not enough you need some temperance some self-control and to temperance patience so that means temperance is not enough and to patience godliness before we even got to godliness it gave us all these attributes right and it says to godliness that's not enough brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness, charity, which is love. It says, for if these things be in you and abound, they make you, so, so they're not just in you, they remain in you um, and abound. They make you that you, you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 9, but he that lacketh these things, all the things listed, is blind. If we're lacking any of these things, we're blind. And it says, and cannot see afar off. Right and cannot see afar off and forgotten that he was purged from old sins. So it's saying that that if, if we don't have all these attributes, these things that are that God wants us to have that keeps our sight clear, but not just clear so we can see where we're at, but so we can see where we're going. Right? It says you cannot see afar off. That's outside of where you're at. Why why have we been depressed? Why are we frustrated? Why are we mad? Why are we uh, fuss, uh, 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 confused sometimes? Not because of where we're going. Normally it's because of where we're at. I remember uh, at the age of 17, I was sitting on a porch. And I looked up in the sky and I said, God, so this is it? So this doesn't seem like what God would do. You're like, you put me here for this? This is it? And I remember uh, through, uh, th through that time, I, I did some dumb things, you know, between 17 and 19. But I remember I was in this club. In, uh, in Newark and uh, I fell out passed out because uh, I took uh, I'm being transparent it's cool it's vision so you gotta get things clear so I had uh, that day I started the day off with something called THC uh, pure THC not the stuff that's located in, in stuff and I, I sniffed some THC right it's all this all on video you know you can't get in trouble for it now you know and then uh, and I, what I do I THC and I took what was called mescaline which was uh, acid at the time, uh, purple dot. All right, so some people know what that is, some people don't. All right, so that's enough. That's enough, really. It really is enough. So I get to the I get to the club and I smoke some marijuana, some cess uh, was what we called it back then. So and then uh, and then I uh, I did I, I think I, I might have had something to drink. So I met a friend of mine. He was like Keith, man, I'll be trying to get you to take these Snoopies, but you won't take them. And Snoopy is another form of acid. And so, so this is a piece of paper, and this is like a little piece of paper. So I tore it in half. I said, I'll just take half. So and I'm in the club. So what are we going to do for the rest of the night? You know, we dancing and we going to hold up. So I said, well, might as well just take the whole thing. Nothing had kicked in yet. Nothing had kicked in yet. So he said, keep, 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 keep. This is, obviously, this was not somebody that was working for God. He said, keep, keep, keep. Some Coke. So we do some Coke. And then uh, we drank some kiafa. You know, some people may know what that is, but that's another alcohol. And so all this is taking place. So I ended up spinning around in this club for about two and a half hours, literally in one place in a circle. And I fell out, and I told the story before. I sniffed up a whole box of smelling sauce. They couldn't wake me up. 
They poured a pitcher of ice down my pants. They couldn't wake me up. Uh, one of these big, huge guys kept smacking me. Um, I give you props, Kenny Williams, Bass Avenue. And so he just kept, uh, as he said, he said, man, I tried to, had to double up on it, just trying to wake you up. Now, why would I do something crazy like that? Well, what I used to say is, well, tomorrow's not promised. I, I heard it somewhere before I wasn't going to church. Uh, tomorrow's not promised. I said, said well, what's the worst that could happen to me? It's not like I got anything to live for. Now, I was making a decision based on what? My present circumstance. I couldn't see it far off. I couldn't see where I was going. See, and that's the adversary's job. To, to blind us to a point where we only make decisions based on what's in front of our face. Present circumstance, what we can see right now. But the scripture says, don't look on the things that you see for they're temporal, subject to change. All that's subject to change, right? Look on the things that you can't see afar off, right? For they're eternal. So there's some things that God is sending that you can't see right now, but they're coming, right? Right? So, 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 but God is trying to clear our vision so we can see some things, right? So we talked about that last week. And, and so based on that scripture, we, again, this is just a little review to bring us up to speed. Uh, we think our prayers aren't being answered because, uh, you know, we're praying and we're like, why are our prayers not being answered? It's, it's not based on if we're praying enough, it's how we're living. So, so, so our prayers are not being answered because of that we ain't prayed the great prayer and, and uh, we're just uh, a warfare, spiritual warfare, because it ain't because we ain't good soldiers in warfare. It's how we live it. It's based on those attributes. It's we blind. Right? I said we have been blind. <laughs> right? All right, so, 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 and, and so, and when we, so we said this last week, like, like, what happens is when you're blind, like, because why would they call it deception if you're not being deceived, right? So if we're blind, do we look blind? No. Do we believe we're blind? No. How many people have been deceived before? This is a show of hands. So that's everybody. Why you were being deceived, did you know? That's why they call it deception. So keeping it real, some of us in this room right now could, could be deceived, right? It's possible, right? I'm not, the, the, you don't have to confess it. I'm not telling you to make a confession. I'm just saying it's, thank, thanks, thanks, thank you. Thanks, Mo. Mo said it's possible. All right, so, so, <laughs> so, 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 so what I'm trying to say is the adversary's job is to get us deceived so we can't see. So, but, but he has to get us focused on something. Because otherwise, if we're like I was, I'm looking at circumstances that ah, something has to change, right? But he has to give us, get us comfortable, get us stuck. And so he has to have us magnifying or meditating on stuff that seems like what we're believing for, right? So remember I said he'll have us bloviating on something that ain't even, if a sober person, the sober Keith, wouldn't even accept that mess. But the blind Keith, we'd be like, yeah, that's sweet. Yeah, you know, I'm at this whole nother level now. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you know, I preach at a church. You know, like, so you, you could, like, I could settle for a whole lot less than what would actually fulfill me. And so I could be doing more than somebody else and be depressed. Right? I could be doing tremendous amount more than anybody in my family and still be frustrated. Because I have a specific design, and if I do that, I'll be fulfilled, right? And so, 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 but the adversary's job is, at first, his job is to beat you down when you ain't doing nothing. Look at you, idiot. You don't know what the heck you're doing. You'll never be nothing. But then you wake up out of that, and you're doing more than you've ever done before. Now his job, see, he was putting you down before. Now he got a new plan. I'm going to lift you up. Oh, you sweet. You sweet, man. Listen, how many people you know doing that? See, now he wants you to be overconfident. See, first he wanted you to put yourself down. I'm never going to be nothing. I can't do nothing right. Then he want to switch it. He wanna, he, and it's settled. It'll switch on you like, oh, you sweet. You sweet. I mean, you don't need no help. You can just ride this out from here. 
whole time he trying to what? Deceive you. Oh, I'm sorry. Let's change that. He's trying to get you to deceive yourself. Because he can't do nothing with you. But he knows he can probably use you against you. Right? Right, so, so, so just, you know, and, that, and that's last week. <laughs> but I wanted to bring us uh, up to speed. So, so, so we're talking about vision and what, what helps us, what keeps us motivated, what keeps us stimulated, what keeps us excited, what keeps us moving, accelerating is God's vision for our life. But, but as, this, as you see in the graphic, but you got to fight to see God's vision. And so, so and we, listen, this thing we're we walking into, we ain't trying to visit. James, we ain't trying to visit God's vision. We're trying to live in it. Right? We're trying to live in it. See, see, the Bible says the just shall live by faith. So it's not faith moments here. We're not just trying to, to hey, 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 this, this ain't window shopping. Like, we own the whole thing. We own the vision, right? So this is what God is trying to do for us, right? All right, so let's look at, so, 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 so there's, there's some things um, that we need to see for that to happen. 2 Kings 6. 2 Kings chapter 6. And so, uh, if, you, if you pardon my speed, just, just to, to do this quick review, as we, so we can get a backdrop of 2 Kings 6. Remember now, in the beginning, and we talk about this a lot at the church, so this is all review. In the beginning, God created heaven and earth. Good, good, good. Conjunction together. That was the original plan for us to enjoy the things on earth as there is in heaven. Matthew 6.10, right? So we've talked about that here at the church before. So really, we're supposed to be living in both realms at the same time. Right? Does that make sense? Adam and, Adam and Eve was on the earth but they were in the presence of God walking with them in the cool of the day right so, so, so after sin is when they were playing off of just what they saw on the earth realm remember before sin they were naked and unashamed because they was focused on the heaven realm not on their nakedness in the earth realm after sin it said they knew that they were naked they were focused on their nakedness and was blind to the heaven realm right and that's, that's Genesis uh, Genesis chapter 2 to, and Genesis chapter 3. So we don't have to go back over that. So that means there's a heaven and earth realm happening at the same time. So even though there's things going on in the earth, there's something happening in the spirit realm right around us as we speak. So when I pray for stuff, I'm praying on earth to manifest something from heaven. When I sow a seed, I'm sowing a seed on the earth. I have an earth action, but I have a spiritual manifestation. Right? I mean, even the natural seed. Uh, come on, we don't went through the whole seed thing. Right? When you sow a seed, an orange seed, there is not an orange tree in the ground. Otherwise, you just you keep digging until, until you find a tree down there. Right? You will never find a tree down there. The tree is not inside the seed. Otherwise, we could just cut the seed open and the tree will pop out. No, you're, you're on an earthly action. It's a spiritual thing every time you see a tree or a fruit grow. Because of something manifesting from the heaven realm. I, I, I don't take my word for it. Today, all, all the scientific people, go prove it for yourself. Cut a seed open and see what happens. It's just going to split in half. <laughs> That's it. Right? So, so, so there's always something we're doing. See, these things that we don't see, we don't pay attention, we're operating spiritual principles all the time. Anytime we plan anything. Any, oh, so where did the child come from? Right, but, but think, no, where did the child come from, though? See, there's the heaven realm. If you really pay attention, from the heaven realm, it was manifested from the heaven realm. Alright, alright, so, so now with that in mind, let's go to 2 Kings 16. And this is a man of God that had crossed over to a place where he started to see the heaven and the earth at the same time. It's Elijah. And, um, verse... I, I guess I got to give you the backdrop. So Elijah was, uh, Elijah was a man of God. He would see from God and he would hear from God. And so what he was doing was he was, uh, he was, he was, he was revealing to his king the plans of the other king without knowing the other king. And so they were like, every time we show up to attack them, they, they go. And they said, and so his boys was like, come on, man, don't you know? 
They got a man of God in their care. Before you, before you thought it, the man of God is already anticipating and he's telling them what's happening. They said, who, who is that? Elijah. Oh, no, 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 no. Get the armies together. We about to take Elijah out. No, we ain't having this. We ain't going to never win as long as Elijah's there. Right? So, so when you get to 2 Kings, uh, it said, uh, verse 14, it says, Therefore sent he thither horses and chariots and a great host. And they came by night and compassed the city round about. It says in uh, verse 14, 2 Kings 6, 14. Verse 15. It says, And when the servant of the man of God was risen early, and going forth, behold, a host compassed the city, both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do it? He was panicking. He was like, look, there's chariots all around. And they came for you, bro. And uh, he said, uh, and he answered, and this is Elijah answering. He says, fear not, don't panic. It says, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. So he said, you know, so you, you imagine your servant looking at you like, what are you talking about, man? You see all these chariots, it's just me and you. How is it more of us than them? Are you blind? And Elijah prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee. This is what we need to pray for ourselves. Open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw and behold, the mountains was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elijah. What he was saying is open his spiritual eyes so he can see beyond what's natural. He says all he's seeing is the circumstances. He can't see what's happening in the heaven realm. And he showed him there were more chariots uh, on God's team than on Elijah's team. And you look through the story. They, they, they got smoked with blindness and he took them into the enemy's camp and they got destroyed. All right, so we need to... Again, you have, you have things happening in the, the heaven realm and earth realm. The scripture says in Matthew 10, for it to be on earth as it is in heaven. Right? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth at the same time. So, when we're frustrated, all we see is earth realm, heaven, the earth realm. For us to, to, to have hope, for us to start moving, for us to believe we have to see in the spirit realm, right? So, we, ask, we have to ask God to open our eyes that we may see. I said, this is where vision comes in. Because God sometimes reveals things. Uh, he reveals things in your sleep. We, we call that night vision. You call it dreams. So why? Because your conscious, your natural man is sleep. And God can get things to you without you analyzing it. Trying to, oh, man, there ain't no way that's going to happen. Because the Bible says the natural man cannot understand the things of God. Nor can he discern them for they're spiritually discerned. 1 Corinthians 2.14 So the natural man will always second guess something that's uncertain, seemingly impossible, and never been done before. Right? Because the natural man needs somebody to have done it. It needs, a, it needs a line of people doing it. The spirit man doesn't need all that. It just needs to, to, to see what God is. Alright, so... So here you have this, your natural man is fighting, it's, it's, it's challenging your ability to see beyond the circumstance, to see afar off, right? So, so we got to get that natural man out of the way a lot of times. That natural man is in the way. And so what God does is he'll get you in a night vision to try to show, show you something. That's where those dreams are coming from. And there's always an interpretation. There's always an explanation of what that dream is saying. Right? Sometimes it's a warning. Sometimes you're dreaming what's about to happen to somebody else, but you're the main character of that person. So you're you're seeing the abuse that they're gonna go through, or you're seeing the a vision. These great men of God, that God had to give them a vision. He, he said, Abraham, I'll make a nation out of you.
in the sea. That's, that's close. He gave him a picture. When Jacob uh, put him in the water, when they looked in the water, they saw a reflection of multiple cattle. And so they, they, they produced what they saw based on a picture that was created for them. So that's why God has vision. We can see again, the adversary tries to create nightmares. He tries to create confusion. Worst case scenario is because he wants you to play off of that picture. So you have this canvas called your imagination. God gave it to you so he can put his picture of where you're supposed to go outside of the circumstances, the impossibilities, the challenges, the things nobody's done. The adversary tried to slip in and put his picture on there. His worst case scenario, what has happened before? That's why the scripture says, don't, it says, it says, forget the things that are behind you. Press toward the mark. Because if you keep focusing on what's behind you, that'll be your picture. So you'll be look, you, you, you'll, you'll be looking forward moving backwards. You'll be looking forward moving backwards. Because you're playing off of the you're, you're attracted to the pictures you see. You're changed into the image of what you focus on. That's why the scripture says, look in this word. It's like a mirror. It says, it says you'll go from glory to glory. You'll be changed into his image day by day. To his design. His picture for your life. 2 Corinthians 3.18. Right? So, so, so here you have God's trying to get vision to us. Right? And, 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 so, so, and why? Because sometimes we can get caught up in keeping up. We could, be, we could be so caught up in tradition, we can't see God moving. We could be so caught up in habits, we can't see God moving. We can be so caught up in fears, we can't see God moving. So God can want to change how we do things. Change how the family flows. How the family goes. But no, this is the way we've always done it. Right? So where, where the Bible says you've made the word of none effect by the traditions of men. So that word is trying to reveal something to you, right? So, so here you have a man of God. You have David who was kind of flowing with God, but he got caught up. I mean, he waited a long time to be in this position of king. You know, he was sitting in the sheep. They weren't even thinking about him. Then he was like, hey, 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 just wait till God, wait till my time. Took out Goliath and they still didn't give him the kingdom. Then when he was a crown king, they gave him one try. For like seven years. Then he finally got the kingdom and his kids rebelled on him. So you got David who, who paid a price to be on this throne. And so he, he, <laughs> he, he got caught up. He got caught up in the, in the hype, in the, in, the, in the position. He focused more on the position than the God that put him in it. I so but God loves us. In whatever state we're in, he'll send a man of God. With a word that will clear your vision. But you got to be listening. You got to be paying attention. Right? You got to be locked in. You got to be attentive. Look here. Second Samuel. We was in Second Kings. Go back to Second Samuel. This is one of the chapters I read daily. And I know y'all thinking. Well how many chapters do you read there? Uh, quite a bit. Alright. But this is, this is one of my favorite here. Uh, so we're not going to read the whole thing. But Second Samuel 7. And... So, so, so this is David. Uh, this is Nathan. Nathan was the man of God. David was the king. So kings had priests around because they would intercede. Intercessors are important. And they would hear from God and give them direction to go with God. And a good king was like, hey, whatever God's saying, that's how we roll it. Whatever God's saying, that's how we roll it. So here David broke down so many stuff. I mean, I, I, I can't get into all of it. But he was telling, because David said, hey, hey, you know, I, I'm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build a house for the Lord. And the Lord was like, hold on a second, man. Let me explain something to you. I don't need a house. I don't need a house. You're going to build one, but not because I need it. And he said, well, because your heart was to, to, to have a place for my people to gather and get in a harmony and to hear from me together, right? He says, he says, he says, that's fine. He says, I'm going to let you prepare it but I'm going to build you a house. And I'm going to bless you like I've never blessed you before. And so, but this is, so now David's hearing 
something that hasn't happened yet from the man of God. So now he has an opportunity. You were talking about obedience in the 915 training class, right? He had an opportunity to be obedient. He had an opportunity to to go, man, please, man, who do you think you're talking to? I'm the king. Man, ain't nobody trying to hear what you got to say. You preach, you preach always got something to say. No, David's like, oh, what did God say? And, and so this is his response here in, uh, let's do 17. Well, I'm going to start with 16 because this is how he closed it out. He says, In thine house and thine kingdom shall be established forever before thee. Thy throne shall be established forever. Now, that, 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 that's pretty big time. Not, you don't have a term here. Even when you're gone, I'm going to extend your throne through, through your lineage. And in verse 17, uh, it says, uh, according to all these words and according to all this what? Vision, so did Nathan speak unto David. Then went the king in and sat before the Lord and he said, who am I, Lord God? And what is my house that thou hast brought me hither to? And he said, this was a small thing in thy sight, O God, but thou hast spoken also of thy servant's house for a great while to come and is this the manner of man O Lord and so 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 he he's breaking things down David is recognizing hold on let me just keep reading and and and, and what can David say more unto thee for thou Lord knoweth thy servant that you know my heart for thy words sake and according to thine own heart hast thou done these great things to make thy servant to know them Wherefore thou art great, O Lord God, for there is none like thee, neither is there any God beside thee, according to all that we have heard with our ears. And what one nation in the earth is like unto thy people. So he's, he's kind of just broken it down, just breaking down. Verse 26, and let thy name be magnified forever, saying, The Lord of hosts is the God of Israel, and let the house, the house of thy servant David be established. He says, so let my house be established as you're talking about. Right? Uh, hold on, so, so no, that was verse twenty-six. This is for thou, O Lord, verse twenty-seven, O Lord of hosts, God of Israel, has revealed to thy servant, saying, I will build thee a house. Therefore, has thy servant found in his heart to pray this prayer unto thee? And now, O God, thou art that God. Look, look, and thy words be true, and thou hast promised this goodness unto thy servant. Therefore, now let it please thee. To bless the house of thy servant, that it may continue forever before thee. For thou, O Lord God, hast spoken it, and with thy blessing, let the house of thy servant be blessed forever. Now, a couple things happen here. The man of God came to talk to him. He had an opportunity to accept it or reject it. He not only received it, but he got an agreement with it, with what he said. And look, at the end, he, he's confessing everything that was told to him. As is a matter of fact. He's honoring God, but he's also speaking out. See, 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 you're snared by the words of your mouth, Proverbs 6.2. Life and death is in the power of the tongue, Proverbs 19.21. So he's using his God gifts. I made this image after his likeness. God spoke the world into existence. Let there be light. Let there be a firmament. Let the, let the waters separate from the land. He just spoke it. And it manifested. And he said, let us make man in our image. So we have, we're speaking spirits too. We, we can have what we're communicating. Sound affects the atmosphere. Don't just turn on your phone and your lights now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that stuff reacts to your 26 syllables and your 40 voice patterns. But that's just catching up to God's design for us to speak sound and stuff should move. Right? That's, just, that, that's the same thing here. And so he was... He gave him a vision so he would speak that picture. He gave him a vision so he would speak that picture. Not what he's had, not what he saw, not what's happened, but what God is saying. He gave him a vision. If something's happening in your life, if, 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 if you bump your knee, you're already in pain, right? It's already manifested, right? Does it need your words? It's already manifested. What needs your words? Healing. Healing needs your words. By his stripes I'm healed. Right? If, 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 if the person in your house is tripping and lazy, irresponsible, 
not locking into where they need to be with God, and you keep saying that over and over and over, that's already manifest. What do you need to be saying? What you want that person to do in their lives. Right? Calling things that are not as though they were. Romans 4, 17. Right? Right? You see? Snare by the words of your mouth. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. So David saw God's vision, and instead of speaking all of the circumstances where he was at, he started speaking what God said. See, that's the whole thing about we trying to carry our reputations, put them in a knapsack and walk around with them and keep going back in the bag. God's saying, throw away the bag. I'm doing a new thing. I don't Isaiah say that? I'm trying to do a new thing. Throw away the, the, the props and the reputation. I'm trying to do a new thing. That's nice that you did that, but that's nothing compared to what I'm trying to do. Right? So, so I mean, he gives you a vision. David already was king. Some of us would have stopped right there. God said, I'm, no, I want to do more than that. And what was he talking about? He was talking about generations. Our lives are about generations. But what are we doing that can extend beyond us? We're saying we're done, and we got all these people around us that's supposed to carry that torch. All right, so just keep that in mind, right? All right, so, so here... Vision was spoken into him, right? And, and, and so we were talking about this this morning. We were talking about uh, the Holy Spirit, right? Uh, in our uh, Master Life class and, and the, 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 how Jesus is sitting on the right hand of the Father, but the Holy Spirit is the central figure in this earth realm. Jesus says it's expedient that I go. I'm going to leave you a comforter, the Holy Spirit. And, right? As is, that's uh, uh, John chapter 14, verse 26. But then in John chapter 16, he says, hey, the, he, the Spirit of truth, he didn't say it. He said, he, the spirit of truth, he said, he'll show you things to come. Well, that would be vision, right? He said, he's not going to speak the things that, that he wants to say. He's going to speak the things I'm saying. Because they were like, what do you mean, you leaving? We done heard and seen manifestations of signs, wonders, and miracles, and you talking about you leaving? He said, no, hey, hey, calm down. I'm leaving. I'm going to leave you a comfort. He's going to guide you, lead you. He's going, he's going to reveal things to you. He's going to keep you motivated. You're motivated now, but he's going to keep you motivated. What was the Holy Spirit going to do? He's going to speak words that I gave him. What was those words? God's vision. What is that Bible? God's vision. The Bible says the interest of the word bringeth light. It gives understanding to the simple. Psalm 119, 130. It says, it's a, light into, it's a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. Psalm 119, 105. It's, it, so it reveals to you where you really are. Not where you think you are, where you, not where you want to be, not where you're telling yourself you are, where you really are. Light it, lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. And it shows you how to get to the vision. That the, the, the whole word is vision. It's revealing things to you. But when, when that lamp comes to your feet, we, we be dancing. We be moving our feet. Because we don't want to see where we're at. We don't want to embrace the humility of where we really at. <laughs> so you're going to get, even Google needs to know where you're at. Right? You can't be lying about uh, 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 current location. <laughs> you can't just be lying, making up stuff, thinking you're going to get where you're going. So why are you lying to the Holy Spirit? Why are you lying to God? Why are you lying to the pastor? <laughs> coming for help he's coming coming to the doctor's office for help you got a problem with your groin but you ain't worked out you got a little extra tire there so the guy tell you to strip down and you take off your t-shirt well you ain't gonna get no help that ain't where the problem is you gotta expose yourself don't you don't you everybody in here been exposed right when you go to the doctor right embarrassing ain't it oh but you can't be exposed in front of Dr. Holy Spirit though doing the same thing you have a questionnaire uh, have you had any uh, venereal diseases uh, have you done drugs in the last few years do you smoke now you can hide all that stuff from 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 God and the man of God but you can't hide it from the doctor can you oh you can if you don't want help they're asking the questions because they don't want to give you nothing that's going to counteract them drugs I said drugs <laughs> right 
So you gotta, so you gotta fill it out. Then they go strip down. I, I went for something. I forgot to check it. And it said strip down. No, no, strip down everything. Uh, oh, it's a prostate exam, right? Right. I was like, man, you got me over here with these people, man. <laughs> this is not cool. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, I was like, it's not cool. But guess what? I need to do it, right? Y'all still think I'm talking about the doctor? <laughs> it's not cool, but we need to do it. What's not exposed can't be helped. So you can't be presenting only the part that you're willing to expose. The help is what you've been hiding. That's the problem. What we've been hiding. Does that, does that come across a little better? What we've been hiding. But I ain't really been trying to hide nothing, so... That's not a good. That's not, I'm lying. I ain't been trying to hide nothing. Because what's exposed is going to help us. All right. So, so with that in mind, God has given us this Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit operates a certain way. Now, this is in our our discipleship class, understanding the Holy Spirit. But I'm gonna run through it just for the sake of time. You know, just so you know, holiday people. You know, gotta go eat. I guess and watch football. Right. Yeah. All right. So. Just don't say nothing. Don't say nothing. Just, just, just roll with it. It's me and the Gerard thing, right? All right. So, just you don't say nothing. <laughs> so, so, uh, so he gives us this Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit is. Uh, so you have this. You have, you have the Holy Spirit within. That's the indwelling of the Spirit. So that's when the when you accept Jesus Christ, your Lord and your Savior, the Holy Spirit comes in. It's all in the Bible. And regenerates your spirit. Makes it alive. What, what, what God did in the beginning. He breathed a man in uh, Genesis 2, 7. And, and he, you know, he became a living soul. A speaking spirit. Right? Able to speak and manifest some things. So, so when the Holy Spirit comes in. He recreates. Or regenerates. Wakes that spirit up. Because it's been dead. Because you were born in sin and shaped in iniquity. Psalm 51, right? So since you come into earth dead, but it's almost like the Matrix, you got to eat your Holy Spirit pill, your, your Christ pill, to be awakened, you know. Remember he ate the pill in the movie? You know, then he said, he said, he says, uh, my eyes hurt. He says, Neo, which means new, was talking to Morpheus, which means changed. He said, man, my eyes hurt. He said, that's because you haven't been using <laughs> Did you hear that? Yes. All right. So anyway, so so I know I, I know I be I be using the movies. I, I just like movies, right? Right, right. So 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 what happens is when the spirit is uh, wakes up, right? It wakes it regenerated. So now we have the Holy Spirit dwelling in us, but we don't need the Holy Spirit just sitting there. The scripture says he's like it's like a well. Well, waters in the well got to be drawn out. It's John chapter four verse fourteen. But, but, but we don't just want a well that we got to keep drawing out. We want it overflowing out. That's John chapter 7, 39 through, 37 through 39. It says, it shall be like rivers of living water. Springing up to everlasting life. That might be merging the scriptures, but John four fourteen and John 7, 37 through 39. All right, so now the Holy Spirit is doing all this. So we don't want him just dwelling in us. We want him filling us up. That's the key. To overflow. David said my cup runs over. Right? Psalm 23.5. Right? Our cup runs over. Alright so here we want, it, we want them overflowing. But some of us are just happy with the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. But we ain't even using them. We talked about that this morning. Right? We ain't even the Holy Spirit is a central figure. We're sitting here as a comforter. And we're not even using them. We didn't talk to the Holy Spirit. The scripture says read through John, John 16. Uh, John 16 starting verse 7. It keeps saying he. He the comforter. He the spirit of truth. He won't speak of himself. It didn't say it. It ain't just some it. It's a person. But we're not talking to him. We're not yielding to him. He say good morning. Before we make a decision. Holy Spirit what do you think? Even though the scripture says you have an unction from the Holy One. And you know all things. A knowing. An unction. An unction is hey hey hey. You might want to do this. Right? So, so now that's the Holy Spirit in our life. But the Holy Spirit is uh, uh, so benevolent. He don't just show up to indwell. When he infills us, he fills us with gifts. Now these gifts are discussed in 1 Corinthians 12. Uh, they're, they're word of knowledge, word of wisdom, 
prophecy. Word of knowledge is when somebody tells you about what's happened already or what's going on in your present life. Like some of the things that the Holy Spirit is talking about to some of these people right now and they're going, oh my God. That's exactly what I was thinking about. Right? That's present and what's happened. But a word of wisdom, which is the key to vision, is somebody telling you what's going to happen. Now we call it all prophecy. Prophecy is God actually speaking through that vessel. That vessel was not talking. There ain't all that. The vessel's totally yielded and God is speaking. The, the vessel don't even know what they're saying. So if somebody's really op operating in prophecy, they couldn't even tell you what they said. They couldn't even walk around. Yeah, yeah. They couldn't even do that. Because they ain't there if they're really prophesying. Right? You got me so far? So the Holy Spirit has these gifts, but the whole thing is to reveal vision to us. To help us to see what we're not seeing. And so, so, so we, we jack things up when we get caught up in religion and tradition because all we got to do is master the system. The thing about mastering systems is as soon as you master it, you remove your heart. Listen, as soon as you master, am I lying? As soon as you, I used to take my mom to church every Sunday when I was, uh, we, we, I moved from New Jersey to Ohio. And so, so my mom was dealing with schizophrenia. So I would pick her up at the, 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 the place she was at because of her mental illness, not bringing her to church every Sunday. So one man, a guy was like, man, you saved your mom's life, man. I'm, I admire you. I said, don't admire me. I said, because now it's a habit. I said, I've never had a mother in some relationship with my mom. I said, so now I'm doing it so, that's how I am. If I lock into something, I, I do it consistently. Right? And I said, so I'm doing it out of habit, to be honest with you. I said, I, I just, I ain't want no props. Like, Every time I get up in the morning, uh, my heart gets so stirred up. You know, that, that might how I initially started, but keeping it real, after a while, it was just a habit. Sunday morning, go get mom, take her to church, take her back home, and then come back for the second service. Like clockwork. So once, see, see, once it becomes a habit, what happens? Your heart's gone. Right? You're just doing it out of had a habit. So some of this religion and tradition, we're trying to master the system. We're just doing stuff out of habit. God ain't seen our heart in like 30 years. <laughs> Play with words there, Pastor Mal. All right, so, so, so let's go to 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 14. So I gave you 1 Corinthians 12, and I talked about in 1 Corinthians 12, uh, or, you know, well, I talked about some of the gifts, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, the, 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 uh, the gift of tongues, which is different than unknown tongues. The gift of tongues is a form of prophecy. Unknown tongue is a devotional language to God, which we'll get to here in a second. All right, then you have uh, the working of miracles, gift of faith, right? So you have all these different gifts. Right after the gifts, he starts talking about we're many, many members in, in different bodies, but we all don't have the same office. It says, the eye, can the eye trip and say to the hand, I'm more special? Without, without, the, without the hand, the eye can see something, but it can't touch it. But it was, it was breaking down, God set the members in the bodies that please him, 1 Corinthians 12, 18. It says God set the members in the bodies. Then it talks about the different ministries, gifts of ministry, helps and things like that. When you get down to verse 20-something, all this is 1 Corinthians 12. All this was before he gets to 1 Corinthians 13. When he opens up, he says, man, listen, I speak with tongues and men and angels and stuff like that, but I'd rather operate in love. Then he says, he says then he starts talking about love. He said, love is kind, love is patient, love is not puffed up, takes no account, takes no account, doesn't write down and suffer wrong. Right? It says, it says, and then then right after he starts talking about love, then he starts to get in when I was a child, speak a child, thought a child, understand a child, when I became a man and put off childish things. This is right after he starts talking about love. He starts saying, see, when you childish, you ain't loving, you ain't thinking about nobody but yourself. Then after that, then he says, Hey, hey, as far as far as my vision. At first, I'm looking through a glass darkly because I wasn't operating in love. I had gifts, but I, I lorded the gifts. I didn't use them. I didn't yield those gifts so the Holy Spirit to use them for what their purpose was. So, and their purpose is for me to see vision, but also for me to reveal vision. All of us. We're supposed to see and help everybody around us to see. Right? That's what we're supposed to do. 
So he says, I wasn't using it right. He says, but it says, but now you look through a glass darkly, but then face to face, now you know in part, but then you know even as you know my God. We, we confess that scripture so much, everybody should know it by heart by now. Right? It's, it's for a reason. Then he says, but he said, faith, hope, and charity, you have these, but the greatest of these is love. Now that's how he ended 1 Corinthians 13. Then he goes over here. First, so that's the, we ended 1 Corinthians 13, then he goes over here in verse 14. He opens up with, oh, not verse 14, but chapter 14 with this. It's all the Holy Spirit, y'all. It's not me. All right, so, so chapter 14, follow after charity, which is love. He just finished spending the whole chapter talking about what love is, right? He says, so follow after charity or love and desire spiritual gifts. So he just finished breaking down love in chapter 13, spiritual gifts in chapter 12. So he's, he, now he's, he's telling you, you want to follow after love, right? But desire the gifts, not the other way around. Right? Right? And he says, but rather that you may prophesy. So what he's saying is, these gifts and this love is so you would prophesy. Be totally yielded so God can use you to speak vision into people's lives. So they can see where they're supposed to go. See what they're supposed to do. Recognize where. It's not about you proving in your badge how many scriptures you know. It's not about you proving that I've been at such and such church for 25 years. Listen, they got a seat with my name on it. It's not even about that. It's not even proving how many people you've won to the Lord. How many people have you helped to see? But you can't, you can't help nobody to see if you're blind, right? Because it's the blind leading the blind at that point, right? Right, so that's what it's about. And it says, so that you may prophesy. So God could use you to speak somebody's vision in their life and you don't even know them. Right? So you got me, right? This, that's what it says, right? In, in, in the beginning of the chapter, right? So it says, pray that you may prophesy, manifest vision. So you manifest it. And this is the thing about prophesying. You're manifesting the unseen, not the obvious. Listen. So this is, I'm, I'm, hey, hey, hey. We, we're a family here, so we're transparent, right? I mean, I'm, I'm just being real with you. It ain't no prophecy if somebody just stayed with the obvious. So, so, uh, I go, you know, uh, the Lord's telling me you're going to be in shape this year. Are we serious? Or are you, you hear, you know what? I think you have a future in athletics. Dude's like 6'10. I just gave you, I've added inches. He's like 6'10. I, I was, we standing there the other day, he almost bumped his head on the ceiling. I just think, I don't know. Wait, hold on, hold up. You're going to do something with sports. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that ain't no prophecy, man. Oh, 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 generalizations are not prophecy. God's going to do something in all y'all lives. I hope so. <laughs> and then something happens. See, remember I told you God was going to do something in your life, didn't I? God's going to do something in everybody in the building's life. Now, I'm not putting no one down. I'm just saying prophecy is manifesting the unseen. First time you spoke, you were nervous, wasn't you? First time you ever did fast week, extremely nervous. You brought your Bible, which was kind of large in size at the time. I remember stuff. You had some notes, right? Or, or, or some type of, looked like you was, uh, you know, a businesswoman, but you, you was ready, right? You was ready, right? You, you rarely use the notes or the Bible. The Bible itself, but that Bible came out of you. You did something else that day. The Lord used you to speak in the people's lives. You prophesied that day. You, I guarantee you don't remember everything you said. Because you had never done that before. It was your first time ever speaking. Right now, you're not ordained yet, are you? Right? You ain't running around trying to take, you know, the, 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 you can't get around it, but, but you waiting on God, right? You ain't in no rush, right? Is, am, I, am I correct? Right. So you spoke that day, and actually, even when I asked you, like, okay, uh, you know, because, you know, you have some people to go, now, you said you wouldn't put us in harm's way. <laughs> so did you really hear from God, brother? <laughs> right? But you spoke. We have a fast week, once a quarter. Two people speak every night. It ain't me. So it could be anybody. It could be somebody been here for two months. 
but it was powerful. The person I mentioned earlier, nine fifteen, that's what you who you remind me of, Captain Coleman that day. I was like, I said, babe, look, we were sitting there, we were sitting down. I said, babe, look at the road. That's God. But there was no generalizations. She said, there was no generalizations that came out of her mouth. There was stuff that only that person would know. So sometimes if you don't see the pastor move because you're speaking generalizations, because this is generalization. I'm going to move. Like that day, ask my wife. I was like, now that's God right there. The scripture talks about it being judged in, in, in these, two, these three chapters. I judged it. That was God. Now, if it's not God, depending on the situation, the person just may be not as mature. I just won't say nothing. If they come up here and, and the whole congregation is moved by what they say, I'm saying something. With all due respect, that ain't that we can't we can't flow with, we can't flow with that right now, right? But see, the, ain't nobody worried about that if they just yield into the Spirit because the Holy Spirit speaking, not them, right? So so that you may prophesy. Y'all y'all got me so far. The unseen, not generalizations. We good? Nobody mad, right? Alright, so verse 7 here says this. It says, And even things without life-giving sound, whether pipe or harp. Okay, so, I'm sorry. I read verse 1. Verse 2 says, For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh unto, not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him how, how in the beard he speaketh mysteries. He speaketh visions. It says, but he that prophesies speaketh unto men to edification, exhortation, and comfort. Now, y'all have to trust. I can't give you my whole study in one day. But, it, but in studying it out, when it says an unknown tongue, it's talking about your devo devotional language. It says you're speaking unto God. So, so you could be speaking in tongues. You could be speaking to God. But it's, when it says prophesies, it's talking about the gift of tongues that we talked about. Back, back in 1 Corinthians 2. That needs to be, like, so if I start, if I do this whole sermon in tongues, somebody needs to be interpreted. Because otherwise, it ain't, I'm just confusing y'all. Like, uh, uh, bang, bang, this dude crazy. As soon as he turn his head, let's get up out of here. Right? But the interpretation, prophecy has something called um, in, interpretation, or gift of tongues have interpretation. So that's what th this is saying, right? So, so, so read 1 Corinthians 14 to understand this stuff. And when you see unknown tongues, that's the devotional, personal, you to God. When you see prophecy, it's talking about the gift of tongues, okay? And then you can understand the difference between the two. All right? But we can't do all that for the sake of time. So verse 6, it says, Now, brethren, if I come unto you speaking with tongues, what shall I prophet you? Now, he's talking about unknown tongues. Except I speak to you either by revelation or by knowledge, look, or by prophecy, and that's the gift of tongues, or by doctrine. Verse 7, and even things without life-giving sound. He's giving a contrast. He's saying we have life-giving sounds coming out of us. We have life-giving sounds coming out of us. Right? He says, uh, even things are life-giving sounds, whether pipe or harp, except they give a distinction in sounds, how shall we know what is piped or harp? So it's talking about instruments are saying something. You know, like you say, oh, I, just, I just listen to the instrumentals. I don't listen to that worldly music. I just listen to the instrumentals. It's, it's, music is saying something. Somebody can just play an instrumental. He's a musician. And you know what they're playing. Right? It's saying something. Right? Yeah, I, I, just, listen to, I just listen to jazz. You know, I don't listen to the other stuff. It's saying something. Somebody breathing in that thing. Life-giving or, in some cases, death-giving sound. Right? So it's saying, so, so we're, we're designed to give life-giving sound. Why do we give life to give us out? Because when you speak vision, when you hear something that hits that heart, you get life. It awakens you. Hope. I didn't think about that. Like if you thought you 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 thought about everything, you frustrated because you're like, I done done everything. There's nothing else I can do. But if you hear something you haven't considered, it creates hope, right? You go, oh, haven't tried that. Right? Am I correct? Now, you wake up. You come alive. You're moving now. Where you, were, where you were immobile. So that's what God is trying to do with us. He's trying to get us to yield to the Spirit so we can speak life-giving sound. The whole purpose of this Holy Spirit is to unveil vision. 
The whole purpose of this word is to unveil vision. Because we got to see, man. We got to see. Uh, in Acts chapter 1, after they were filled with the, the, the Spirit, or he says, uh, you shall receive power after that. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. Go to Acts chapter 1 real quick, and then we're about to close out here. Can't be here all day. Acts chapter 1, verse 16. But after he said, you shall receive power and all that stuff, uh, verse 16 says, uh, it says, it says, men and brethren, the scripture must needs be fulfilled, which the Holy which the Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spake before concerning Judas which was a, which was a guy to them that, that, that took Jesus for well, he was numbered with us and had obtained a part of, of the, the ministry and now this man purchased the field a reward of iniquity and burst asunder but it says this word needs to be fulfilled so it's all trying to fulfill fill stuff. It's all trying to show us things to come. Uh, the Spirit is diverse, dispersing gifts to reveal vision. The constant reveal vision. You know, so 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 basically, and, and, and I have some other scriptures. I don't know if, I, if I'll teach this again because we got to talk on our actual vision here. Actually. But the, the, the whole of the word, the purpose of this life with God, when we come out of the world, the scripture says he brought us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Right? That's what it says. Everything is about us seeing visions and dreams. The scripture says, write the vision and make it plain, they can run with it, they read it. Right? So it's Habakkuk 2, 2, 2, 2 and 3. But guess what? Write the vision, make it plain that they can run with it, they read it. This is though it tarries, seems like it's taking a while. It says, it says, Tell not, Terry. At the end, it shall speak, express itself, manifest. Right? That's what that's what the scripture said. Habakkuk two, two and three. So 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 again, uh, why do couples get frustrated? No vision. You plan off of two different things. See, okay. What I'm saying, no vision that they are are playing off of. Right? But in on their inside, when we counsel people, we always say, "Okay, let's start out. Give us, give us your pictures, huh?" I said, "Cause you have a picture, and sometimes you 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 let your your infatuation, intoxication get you caught up in a relationship, but nobody shared the picture. So then now one person's mad because they had a picture, they never shared it with you, but they had a picture, and they go, well, "I can't believe you. I, this bait and switch, bait and switch based on what? Because the person you don't even know what that person's picture was. Their picture was." Okay, I'm going to marry you on the front end. I'll be nice to you on the back end. You're just going to stay at home and do what I say do. That was their picture. You could have found that out on the front end. Right? I just need an accessory. Like this watch was sitting in my uh, drawer. It don't, it don't, this watch don't say nothing. When I decided to put it on is when it showed up. I'll let you know when I need you. So some people, they, they signed it on for accessory. You might want to know that on the front end. Not for something essential. See, so without vision, my people perish. Relationships perish. Can two walk together unless they be agreed? How are you going to be agreed if there's no clear direction of where we're going? So if there's a frustration, there's a vision frustration. Look, can two walk together and be, be, be agreed? God designed you and purposed you for a, a, a vision and plan. You ain't checking with him. You're doing your own thing. Scripture says lean out to your own understanding for a reason. Why? Because while you lean to your own understanding, God has his plan. A house divided can't stand. So it's a it's it, it's 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 a a vision deficit. Everything that we do that's frustrating us is a vision deficit. I've talked to people they never even check with God. Like that that he'd be good with this. Yeah, you, know, you keep making these executive decisions and I don't tell you I haven't talked to God at all. David inquired of the Lord even when it was obvious. They took his whole family. He was undefeated as a warrior. He showed up. You think his thought would have been, oh no, I, I tell you what we about to do. We about to do what I do best. He didn't do that. He inquired of the Lord and said, shall I pursue? I want to know your vision of how this is going to turn out before I make any moves. God said, 
Pursue and you will recover all. So he moved on vision. Not on emotion. Not on circumstances. So it's, it's a vision deficit. Everybody. See. See. I don't care if you're two. I don't care if you 72. Guess what? We all need vision. If we here, we should be playing off of some type of vision. If we here, we should be playing off of something that God is revealing to us from where we are. Taking the next best step from where we're at. And that step should be towards God's vision. Right? So so we we, we gotta do this thing. We gotta we gotta open our eyes so we can see. Right? That's that for next week. Yes. All right, so so we can stand on our feet. That's enough.